Welcome to Season 4 of Trying Our Best, a mother-daughter pop culture podcast. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Ayla, and you're listening to Season 4, Episode 5 of Trying Our Best. So today we're talking about an episode of The Good Place where um, we have, where we left off, we found out that the bad place had infiltrated their plan and had sent a bad Janet to subtly mess with them, but they discovered her, actually Jason discovered her, and now Jason and Michael are headed off to the bad place to rescue her. But that has also left a problem in the neighborhood, which is that there's no one running all of the fake people, and if the actual humans figure that out, the whole plan will be ruined. So they needed someone to keep all the people alive, so they went to... Derek. You guys remember Derek. He's kind of off. And so they're trying to get all the humans as far away from, well, the fake humans as possible. Because, you know, Derek, kind of off. And he's probably going to mess things up. And they don't want the humans to see that. So the plan is for Tahani to throw a party at a lake house that has been made just to keep the humans away from everything, but Chidi didn't want to go, so he's in the apartment overlooking the town square where all of the chaos is happening. So that's the hijinks that the that Eleanor has to figure out. And meanwhile, Jason and Michael are in the bad place pretending to be in demon costumes so that nobody suspects they are who they really are trying to save Janet. But Sean has figured it out, so they have to figure out an escape route. On the way to find Sean, they walk past this weird hall of fame in the bad place. And um, Michael sees his picture on the wall and sees his smile and just thinks about how he was smiling because of all the people that he had all the lives that he had ruined and all the people that he had disappointed. So it's really hard for Michael to be in the bad place because he has changed a lot really quickly. And so it's reminding him of who he used to be and the harm he used to cause. And he's feeling really, really guilty. And as he's looking at the picture, he says, what echoes of this person that I used to be, what echoes are still there? And I think that that's a really important point because sometimes if we have changed then getting put back into the circumstances that were the way way things were before we changed can be hard for us. It might even make us go back to some of our old ways that we're trying to get away from. So um, this makes me think of that um, that movie, um, Mean Girls, where everyone's kind of mean because it's their only chance for survival. And um, I'm just thinking that if everyone was nice and the other people didn't have to be mean, because it was their only chance for survival, wouldn't things just be so much better? That's a really good point when it comes to like the environment that you're in and how you sort of adapt to what people are doing around you out of a sense of survival or out of a sense of, oh, well, this is just the way things are here. And so I do think that it's a sign that we need to be careful about what environments we put ourselves in and which which people we spend a lot of time around. Because if we're spending time around people who are manipulative or cruel or who don't have good motivations, it might make it harder for us to behave the way that we want to behave. But when Michael's busted and everybody knows that it's 
actually Michael and not Vicky in a Michael suit. He says this inspiring speech like, you can change like I did. I'm sure you're not trying to be bad. It's this, it's, it's this bad motivation and everyone just thinks it's a part of the show and claps. So in a show where we're often kind of given some real sweet, inspiring messages, the fact that this speech falls so flat is really kind of heartbreaking because Michael really does want to help change the whole circumstances and the people in the bad place or the demons in the bad place are just so used to it being that way that they they literally can't even hear what he's saying. They just think it's a joke. And so I think it can be hard when you're trying to change an environment that is so fully entrenched in seeing things a different way. And I think that there are real life examples of that as well. If you're, if you're pushing so hard against what the norm is, it can feel really lonely and really frustrating. So back to the experiment, Honey's feeling really useless and thinks that she can do more, but she ends up just making more mistakes and making things worse. Like, um, like Derek, she thinks that she can fix all of the, um, things going wrong in the town square, so she says, Derek, whenever you get rebooted, you get, like, smarter, right? And, um, Derek goes, yeah, and... She, um, Tahani says that if Derek just reboots himself, then he'll be more advanced and able to handle all the people. Instead, all of the people die with Derek, and that's not good. So when Tahani confesses to Eleanor that she's caused a whole new problem for Eleanor to solve, in addition to keeping Chidi away from the middle of the square and entertaining the other three humans at the lake house, Eleanor flies into action because Eleanor's really good at thinking on her feet and really good at coming up with solutions to weird problems because she's faced a lot of them in her life. She's used to things not going well. She's used to not having the tools to fix things right away. And so she comes up with a with a plan and it works. She manages to keep Chidi from figuring out what's going on and gets him to the lake house and unfortunately has to watch him and Simone kiss, which is really hard for Eleanor. But when Tahani sees how well Eleanor handles all of that, Tahani's even more jealous. Because Eleanor um, had done so, so much cool stuff today. Like, Chidi wouldn't come out of his apartment. So um, she created this weird puzzle. And um, if he solved it, he would get the answer to the universe. So that brings us to our question of the day. What is the meaning of the universe? Here's your chance to think about it, talk about it, pause the podcast, maybe even write about it, and then come back. And the answer to the universe is, drumroll please, I don't know. Do you know? I, I definitely do not know. I think we need a new question of the day. Okay, how about this? So as Tahani is getting all upset and Eleanor comforts her and says, look, you know, you have the skills that your life prepared you for. My life prepared me for different skills. I'm able to think on my feet because I always had to and you lived a really 
comfortable life where you didn't need to do that. But the skills that you have matter and we need them. But Tahani admits that Eleanor is right. But she says, but if we ever get another chance, if we survive this, I want to learn something more meaningful. So here's our real question of the day. How do you know that you're spending your time doing something meaningful? I think our first one was better, but pause the podcast, think about it, talk about it, maybe even write about it, and then come back. Welcome back. So we're talking about how do you know when you're spending your time doing something meaningful? What do you think, Ayla? Well, I think that saving the entire universe and stuff is definitely one of them. But I think you don't always have to be doing something meaningful. Why Why is it your job to always be doing something meaningful? Can't you just have some fun once in a while? Okay, but can't fun be meaningful? Like, I think, so for me, I think it's important to disconnect meaningfulness with necessarily productivity, right? So there's this, especially since we live in a capitalist society, a world that says, you know, you always have to be making money or you always have to be doing something productive. We can fall into this trap of thinking, like, if I'm not working or for somebody your age, if I'm not doing homework or doing schoolwork, then it's wasted time. And I don't think that's true. I think that doing things for fun, doing things just to be creative, spending time with our friends, that is all meaningful. So is there any such thing as wasted time? Well, I I don't think that you can ever like always feel like you're like wasting time if you're not doing work or something like that. But it, I'm sure you can do something that, like isn't meaningful to someone. Like if you were um, if you were supposed to be doing your project on uh, zebras or whatever and instead you were just do- doodling with highlighters and you weren't necessarily doing anything important when you should have been well, and Tahani's concern isn't about this, you know, tiny little moments that you maybe wasted time. Like maybe you were watching a dumb TV show and you could have been reading a great book or whatever. Hers is more global about how do you spend your life? What skills do you decide to learn? And I think that that's a really interesting question. So she's basically saying that her skills of like throwing a party are not as good as somebody else's skills of being able to like solve some really deep problems. But I think that it's important to know that we can't all have every skill. And some of some of us are just born with some innate talents and abilities that make us better at some things than others. Like some people are just really, really good singers. They have a naturally good singing voice or they are able to pick up musical instruments really well. And while all of us might be able to get better at those things with practice, we're probably not going to be as good as people who were born with those really extreme talents. Or if you were born seven feet tall you're probably going to be better at basketball naturally than somebody who was born you know five foot three and so this isn't to say that you can't build your skills but that some people just kind of have a natural talent towards some things I think is important to note as well I feel like it would be really painful for a mother to give birth to someone seven feet tall (laughs) fair enough I met somebody who was born (laughs) 
to grow seven feet tall. But here's the thing. Whatever you decide to pour yourself into, whatever that is, right? If you decide you're going to become a painter and you spend a lot of time painting. If you decide you're going to become a film editor, so you spend a lot of time watching films and practicing that. If you decide you're going to become a great baker, so you spend all your time in the kitchen baking cupcakes. Whatever it is you've decided to do, you're necessarily deciding not to do some other things with that time because time is a finite resource. We only get so much of it. So every choice that we make about how to spend our time is necessarily a choice not to do other things. So how do we make sure that what we pick as our thing to spend our time doing is meaningful? I think if you know that you're making someone happy, someone out in the world happy, like yourself, your mom, your brother, your sister, your best friend. If you're making someone happy, I think that it's meaningful in some way. Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes back to the the big theme of the show. I mean, we've talked before about how the, the good place is based off of the book, What Do We Owe Each Other?, and I think that you're connecting this meaningfulness to like, are you giving something to the world that other people are going to be able to, you said happiness, but to find some kind of joy or usefulness or importance in. And so kind of thinking about the impact on others is one way to decide if what we're doing is meaningful. But what if, what if I'm doing something that, I mean, you mentioned yourself, and I think that's important that you could be the person you're impacting. And I think that it's just important to note that everything is connected, right? So even if what you do is make, you know, jewelry, and it doesn't seem like that's going to change the world in any way, if that jewelry is bringing joy to people and making a difference in the world, it could definitely be meaningful work. So I think some of what we need to talk about when we're having this conversation is how does it make you feel when you're doing it? Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel engaged? We've talked before about the idea of flow, that when you're doing something that you really, really enjoy, it doesn't even, like time passes in a different way and you get so connected to it that you don't even notice how long you've been doing it. And so that's one of the signs that I have that I'm doing something meaningful is when I, I get that feeling. I get that feeling of, oh my goodness, I could do this all day long and not even notice. And it isn't always for somebody else. Like sometimes I'm just reading a book just for myself or I'm off on a long walk and I still think those are meaningful activities. I um, I felt that way when I was doing an art project. Um, I did it for about like four hours, I think, and I, three of those hours I didn't even realize had happened. But the other tough thing about that is that you're not always going to feel that magic flow, right? And so you do sometimes have to push yourself through the drudgery of the things that you do if they're important to you, like for instance, I'm trying to learn some video editing techniques and every once in a while I get really into it and I do feel that sense of flow. But a lot of the times I'm kind of like, oh, I have to do this again. But if I don't push myself through the hard parts, I'm not going to have the skills necessary to get that flow feeling. So it is sort of a balance. Like you can't say, well, it's only meaningful if I love every second of it because almost everything worth doing involves some stuff that isn't always that. Is this just a trick so that you'll make me take art classes again? Because we've been over this. I don't like it when people tell me what to draw. 
I mean, it's not a trick, but it definitely is true that whatever skills we have, there's almost always drills and practice that we don't enjoy as much, right? And usually those are the signs that oh, we need to spend a little time on that thing because it's not our favorite, so we're not going to practice it on our own very much. Um, and I think that's true of everything. I mean, what whatever it is that you're interested in, there are parts of it that we love and get really invested in and would do without anybody having to tell us. And there are parts of it that we maybe have to force ourselves through a little bit more. So back to the show. Everything kind of worked out. Um, Tahani was feeling better about herself. Um... Everyone was at the lake house enjoying themselves um, because everyone thought that the whole I'm Michael and I'm a demon thing was just a part of the show. They managed to get Janet and Jason and Michael all out and back to the experiment. So now the immediate problems are taken care of, but it still leaves us with the bigger problem of these four humans are the future of all of humanity and their afterlife. And so far, things aren't looking so great. They're not really clicking. They're not really making connections. They're not really improving as people yet. And so whether or not our team is going to be able to prove that humans really can get better in the right circumstances is still up in the air. And that's something that we will be checking in on for the next episode. Mm -hmm.